interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Good to be with you today. Uh, I don't know what you were doing this past week. Uh, I've been traveling. I've been all around. But I was in town and... I thought, hey, you know, I'm going to check in and see how the Husker basketball team is doing. And I checked in, and they were losing big time in the early in the game. And I thought, well, forget that. We watched, we'll watch it on the TV. And then, uh, oh, after we watched the, you know, a show on on uh, Hulu, then, uh, well, let me just check back in on the old phone app and see what. The, and by jolly, they were up two points with 30 seconds to go. So, uh, well, I switched, and we, we watched the end of the game. And, uh, and I bet uh, I, my guest today had a very similar experience. Uh, I'm welcoming today to the program my good friend, uh, Pastor Bill Thornton. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, Stu. So, so tell me your story of the game. Well, we were very similar to yours. Marsh and I were at a Bible study and yeah. uh, got out about 8.30, and we turned on the radio and the Huskers are down big time. And I'm thinking, well, I guess I'm not going to be watching the end of this. <laughs> but by the time we got home, they had cut into the deficit. And we decided maybe this game's going to be interesting after all. And it was yeah. a thrill to watch them come back and beat Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was Now, I, from what you saw, you saw a little bit more than I did. Was it that Wisconsin was playing bad or that we were playing good or a little bit of both or that second half? Well, I think, um, I can't think of his name, but number zero uh, oh, uh-huh. just caught on fire. Is that Wiltshire? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He caught on fire, and he was the only guy really hitting baskets, I guess, in the first half. Mm. And in the second half, at one point, he was like four for four or five for five from three-point land. Oh, man. And it was, I don't know what happened. I also understand that the coach gave them a pretty good talking <laughs> to at halftime. <laughs> And being a preacher yeah. and all, you can appreciate getting a good talking to yeah. or giving a good talking to. But it was, uh, yeah, they, I think uh, at that point then, when they started to come back, I think Wisconsin kind of, I don't know if they got nervous or if they just went into the tank. But uh-huh. uh, you could tell that they were a different team, too. Isn't that interesting? Well, they're, uh, I, okay, I was looking at the RPI then this week, and the uh, RPI were... We're within striking distance. You know, we're like a 33, 34, and I'm assuming you got to be under 40 or something to really have a good chance to be in the tourney. Right. So they got to they got to hold on to that. But they do. I've I I think I read this morning they're projected a 10 seed if they continue to do well. Do yeah. and they have a couple of big tests on the road. It sounds like uh, in the next several days. Yeah. Which will t- that's been our Achilles' heel up yeah. to this point. We're great at home, but on the road, boy, it can be. Ugly. We got to we got to steal one, don't we? We or do. Two. We got to figure out a way to win one or two on the road, and I think then because yeah. I think we have sixteen wins at this point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking. And in the past, you'd think eighteen, nineteen wins for sure. You're in, right? But I think I don't know. The other the other X factor is the uh, the the Big Ten record, right? And I'm not sure if you have a losing Big Ten record, you're gonna no matter how many wins you have, you're probably right. not gonna make the tournament, right? I think that's probably true. Yeah. 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 So have you gone to a game this year? I w- I've been to a women's game, ah. actually. And they're very entertaining to watch as well. I had a friend uh, yeah. take Marsha and me to the game, and it was 
and it was awesome. That's yeah. a very exciting team to watch as well. Yes, yes. Now, at the beginning of the basketball season, I think everybody would have said, hey, the women's team is the one we have expectations for. Right. And, the, and the men, eh, we just don't know. Right. And uh, But they both turned out to be pretty good teams. Yes, I think, and pretty similar. You yeah. know, they're really very good at home and a little, Not little dangerous on the road. <laughs> no. I think the women's team is projected as a seven or eight seed at this point in the yeah. tournament. Yeah. So they're kind of at a similar point similar place and both teams need to finish strong in yes. order to be ready for the tournament to be yeah. sure. Yes. Isn't that funny? Basketball is such a game of, uh, belief, momentum, right. Uh, all, you know, all kinds of intangibles that uh, whoever, whatever team gets hot at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that my son Mark reminds me of. Cause I sometimes get frustrated with the team Yeah. when they go, when they're going through like a dry spell and he says, you know, there's an ebb and flow to the game, dad, you just yeah. got to, Wait for them to catch the next uh, wave, and yeah. uh, and it's going to be okay. And yeah. then he tells me that if I'm going to have negative vibes, that I need to leave the room, go to another part <laughs> of the house. So, well, <laughs> that, well, that's so true. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely true. By the way, it reminds me in reverse of the uh, early in the season, the Minnesota game. Right, we were just whipping up on them in the first half, and you're like, okay, how much are they going to beat them by? And then not only did Minnesota come back to win, but they actually won kind of handily. Right. So it's uh, it's a it's a tough deal. It really is. Yeah. Well, pretty soon baseball season will be here, and then we'll all be talking about that. Yes, and it's starting to feel like baseball weather outside too. Finally. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh man, did we need some of this weather? No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so you uh, you spent over thirty years at Capital City Christian. How many years now you've been at F Street Church? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yes. Still wet behind the ears down there. But <laughs> <laughs> That's, and remind people where F Street Neighborhood Church is. F Street Neighborhood Church is at the corner of 13th and F. We're in the historic red brick church building that was built in 1926. Nice. And it is a wonderful place to do ministry in an area that's, it's difficult to be sure. It's near the near south. And mm-hmm. um, we're we're grateful for what God's doing there with yeah. our neighbors. Yeah. It's uh, I got a chance to visit a bunch of churches on sabbatical, and I think yours was one of the last ones I visited, and uh, I had a great time. Yeah, had a great a great experience. A lot of good folks down there. Yes, we have some beautiful people in our congregation. Absolutely. That day, by the way, they were having a, you guys were having a potluck, and I think the line was just snaking all the way through. Right, <laughs> one of our block parties, I bet. Yeah, yes. it was whatever it was. It was like man, there were people. Well, the neighborhood knows the last Sunday of the month, come to F Street Church. Sometimes they come to church. Sometimes they just come for the meal. It's okay yep. either way with us. Yep. And we just want to share God's love with the neighborhood. And that's one of the ways that yeah. we do it. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I noticed that uh, we all made some adjustments because of COVID. Right. And one of the things that I saw down there, and I'm assuming this was a COVID adjustment, you, but you guys have just kept it, is the outdoor. There, there's like a, a, a permanent uh, porch there with a roof right. and then the big screen TV. Tell me about how that happened and... Right. And why you decided, hey, let's just go ahead and keep it. Well, that's our outdoor worship area. And actually, before COVID, we had a few people who would listen to the music outside because of maybe some of their life experiences were a little nervous about coming into the building. So we first we pumped the sound out. Well, then we thought, well, we could we have the technology to put a screen out there. And that turned out to be a great way 
to get ready for COVID and social distancing and all that sort of thing. And we've just decided to keep it. We, we probably have, I don't know, 20 or 30 people who prefer actually to sit outside all year round. Even, I mean, one Sunday when it was like below zero, we weren't out there, but otherwise, even through the winter, we, uh, we make it available and people take advantage and, and it's a great way to, uh, to reach out to people in the neighborhood who might not otherwise feel like they're ready to walk inside a church. Yeah. There were, um, a, a pastor that I worked with, he used to uh, say this. He'd say, uh, uh, to put your hand on the doorknob of a church you've never visited before and open it up to go in is one of the bravest things that anyone can ever do. Uh, now, he's maybe trying to make a point there, but right. but uh, what, what do you think he's getting getting at behind that? Well, I do think that there is a fear of the unknown. And I know in our neighborhood, um, we have folks who, uh, and and this may be true in other contexts as well, who have had maybe a bad experience with church in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the prospect of going inside is just a little bit terrifying, a little bit unnerving. And so Mm -hmm. until they have a chance to kind of get to know some people and find out, you know, our our tagline is we want to be a place of acceptance and direction. Mm -hmm. And we really work hard at making, at being hospitable, making people feel welcome. Uh, The gospel, of course, is offensive enough. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we, we want to be bold in our proclamation of the gospel. We want to be true to God's word. But we want people to know that God genuinely cares about them. And, mm. and because of that, we do too. And yeah. so we work hard at that. And there are times when it is challenging uh, to love the, yeah. the unlovely. But yeah. I think what helps us is just the reminder that that's what, exactly what God has done for us. He's yeah. loved those who are unlovely. He, he saw us as having worth and value so much so that he sent Jesus to the cross for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, one of the things I want to talk about today, I've, I've, I probably do three uh, funerals in a year. I don't do a lot. Right. And, uh, and I had a weekend where I did three in one weekend. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and so it got me thinking about funerals and my funeral and, and wishes and grieving and grieving with hope and all that kind of stuff. And I thought I'd love to talk with uh, my, my uh, brother, Pastor Bill, Yep. About uh, about all those things. That sound okay? That sounds like a great talk. All right, let's do it. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here talking with Bill Thornton, Pastor Bill Thornton from uh, F Street Neighborhood Church. Glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. Welcome back, uh, Stu Kurtz, your host here, talking with Pastor Bill Thornton, and uh, uh, he is uh, one of the pastors down there at F Street Neighborhood Church, Thirteenth uh, and F. Correct. And um, I was mentioned before the break here that I uh, ended up doing uh, recently uh, several back-to-back funerals. And uh, how many funerals a year do you end up doing? I'm kind of because I don't do that many. I don't do that many now either in our context. Probably I don't know three or four a year, maybe yeah, something like yeah. that. I used to do a lot of them at Capital City when I was there. And well, it was a very large congregation. Very large congregation. So, you know, maybe 20 or 30 funerals a year. So that wow. was a much different kind of feel. So, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that I, uh, uh, and I want to talk about many aspects of this, but one of the, it, one of the questions is, um, I think oftentimes Christians aren't very good at grief. And mm. grieving, and we we jump right away to hope. Hey, right? They're in a better place. They're with the Lord. They're right. in heaven. They're whatever it is, uh, whatever hope that we have for the future. We kind of jump to that hope, right? And uh, and what's your experience in terms of just uh, Americans, and in particular American Christians? How do you think we do with grief? Well, this is just my take. So, yeah, yeah. but you've had a, w- you've got some experience. That's true. I would say that uh, that which makes us uncomfortable, you know, that which is painful, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to not want to be there any longer than we have to be. And so we'll do mm-hmm. a lot of things to avoid that, whether it's uh, keep busy, um, very a variety of pursuits. Uh, we can take on other kinds of habits and behaviors that are destructive and not good for us in a lot of different ways. And I think, I think it is because we're just uncomfortable with something that's really, really painful. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, and oftentimes in our circles, and again, I think um, it's easy to jump past, or we feel like it's unchristian to grieve because we, we believe in the gospel. We have hope. Right. There are Jesus promises when you look to him in faith that there is life and life eternal. Right. Even though you die, yet do you live. Right. And so a lot of times, I, in my experience, it seems like people, they want to skip right over the grief to the hope. Right. And, uh, and yet there is, uh, I don't know, what would you say to that person who, who seems to be rushing past the grief? I guess I would encourage them to um, to not be in too big of a hurry. To um, I mean, I I do think that we grieve in light of the hope mm-hmm. that we have in Christ. Paul talked about we are those who grieve, but with hope. Mm-hmm. I um, I think that's I think that's important too. I think what's really helped me personally is um, the experience of my own parents passing away and going through that. I've observed over the years of being a pastor that, that people grieve in a variety of ways. And uh, I think I found myself oftentimes reminding people like in a family that it's okay for us to grieve in different ways because we're all wired differently. Mm-hmm. That really, I really 
that really came to the forefront with me and my brother when our parents passed away. Mm-hmm. We both, we, we grieve very differently. And mm-hmm. I'd always known that we grieve differently. People do. But in my family experience, it was like, oh, wow, this is really, this mm-hmm. is really the case. My brother is an extrovert. He's very outgoing. He processes by talking about things. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of an introvert. I'm, I'm more of a private person. And I kind of internalize things. Mm. And so I found him like talking. It felt to me like all the time about <laughs> stuff that was, I thought, I don't know that we should be talking about this. Mm. And, and I, of course I was reminded at the same moment that no, he's, he's grieving the way he grieves and mm. I'm going to grieve the way I grieve. And I think if we can just allow ourselves room to do that, that is a, that's a really, really helpful thing to do. But you have to be okay with grieving. Mm-hmm. And grief is such a, you know, I, I know people think in terms of, we've heard the that there are stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess I kind of, without any study of that, had kind of come to the, to the idea of, well, you go through s- stage one and then stage two and then mm-hmm. stage three. And, and what I found really grieving is that it's not like that at all. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> um, it, it can feel like a tidal wave hits you out of nowhere, yeah. and then you don't feel anything for a while. Yeah. And uh, you think you've you think you've really moved beyond it, and all of a sudden you find yourself breaking down and crying about some yeah. memory that you have. So it's a it's a really powerful kind of an experience, though. Uh, that um, it's a real privilege for us as pastors to be able to come in to that with people. Mm-hmm. and and to be able to share with them you know yeah. that's the th- that you know we were talking earlier about you know whether we know people or not when we do a funeral mm-hmm. and how when we sometimes we get asked to do funerals for total strangers and when we think about what that's like i don't know how you feel but for me it just feels a little awkward to be invited into the midst of what is a very difficult moment for them as a mm-hmm. family and to be expected to say something that's going to help mm-hmm. and give hope and point to Christ mm-hmm. and uh and yet and yet not and yet be sensitive to them that's uh that's something it's taken me many years I feel like as a pastor to develop some of those skills yeah yeah well it's it's it never it's never easy uh, I, as I think about just again coming alongside people, you know, it's interesting. Just grief in general, you know, hospital visits and all that kind of stuff. Um, one, one of my—I don't know if this is true for you—but one of the things I began to realize is that uh, some people want to talk about, right. you know, hey, they know they're dying and they yes. want to talk, and nobody will do it because nobody right. wants to just state the obvious. Right. And and then there are other people who they really don't. Right. And they're and and they would you know they would not be happy for you to sit there and say well what do you think about dying you know right and uh, so I've found little ways to kind of prop the door open yes so that if they if they want to talk hey I'm ready right but if they don't I'm not there to make them talk that's not my job can you right. relate to that yeah I really do uh, relate to that and I I do think uh, when it's somebody that we have a like a a good personal relationship with mm-hmm. those kinds of conversations are probably a, 
I, I guess I find them more natural to enter into than when it's a total stranger. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I, I try to be available. I try to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that our role is, is, I guess I respond more to, I let them take the lead and I try mm-hmm. to follow their lead with what they're comfortable talking about yeah. and not try to drive the agenda because, um, uh, actually, I learned this principle from my son, Mark, as it comes to sharing our faith in Christ, mm-hmm. that whenever I want to talk about it mm-hmm. may not be the right time. But yeah. when the other person wants to talk about it is always the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to I, I try to live by that in terms of when to when to talk about things. And yeah. I try to I try to focus on what we can be certain about in terms of our hope. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things that are kind of nebulous out there, I yeah. feel like, yeah. and we have questions about. And until we actually are there, we don't know for sure. It's yeah. faith that we yeah. have. Yeah. But there are certain things that are like very clear in the scripture that we can hold before our people mm-hmm. as as things that we can we can count on. You know, they're like yeah. an anchor for our soul. Yeah. And that I, I think we need to be like clear, even if we, if this is the thing that I sometimes have wrestled with is my own personal angst and even my own struggle sometimes to believe and my responsibility as a pastor to proclaim this is the faith of mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. This is what we believe about God. Yeah. And, you know, even if I'm having some inward, you know, I'm not afraid to acknowledge that, but I also know that, um, Helping other people with their grief is not time for me to have my own personal counseling session yeah, either. That, that is true. Right. That is true. Going to take another break here, and we're going to come back. I want to uh, explore that a little bit more. The uh, What is that hope? What are those anchors? Because I, I think that uh, most of the major anchors are right there in all the early creeds of the church and, and are really held pretty universally. Right. Um, but, but, I, it, but it feels to me like a lot of times... Um, we get sidetracked by kind of folk ideas about, about the afterlife right? that, that may or may not be true uh, when, right. when there's actually so much that the church has universally said, no, no, this is the Christian hope. Right. Uh, uh, should we dig into that? Absolutely. That'll be great. All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here talking with Pastor Bill Thornton uh, from F Street Neighborhood Church. Glad to have you along on 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Bill Thornton here. Uh, he's one of the pastors down there at F Street Neighborhood Church. And we're talking about uh, death, grief, afterlife, so forth. And one of the things I was saying before the break... There are, again, we have a lot of different interpretations of all kinds of things from church to church, Christian church to Christian church. Right. And But if you go back to the early, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, they all, one of the core tenets of the faith is, I believe in the resurrection of the body and the right. life everlasting. Yes. And uh, is that, I mean, that to me is one of those anchors. Um, why, why do we get sidetracked by... Um, because I think a lot of times when people think of heaven, <laughs> they think of clouds and harps and the hallelujah chorus. Right. And, and quite honestly, that sounds kind of boring to me. Right. I, I, I don't know how long I could last in that kind of place. But, but what, what is the... Uh, so the <laughs> can you relate to that? I guess you do have an option. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But, but yes, is, I can relate to is that. Is that the Christian hope is the question. And right. what is the... So, so back to the doctrine of resurrection. What is it that Christians believe about the future and our dead bodies? Right. Well, we believe that there was a Philippians chapter three that we're gonna they're gonna be renewed, restored, and yeah. uh, there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. First heaven and the first earth are gonna pass away. A mm. lot of ideas about how that's all gonna shake out too. Yes. In fact. <laughs> I, I don't know whether this is the best thing I've done in ministry or the dumbest thing I've done. I just started teaching a class at our church on the book of Revelation. So ah, I'll yeah. have to let you know in about months how it all comes out. <laughs> yes. Maybe my next visit to see you. I need, but, uh, if you get bumping in any secret codes or anything like that, let me know. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I would say that I think it was C.S. Lewis who, who talked about how we, um, um, we oftentimes project onto heaven and eternal life experiences that we have here. Um, and, and certainly there are like scriptural pictures of things mm-hmm. that are, that we can relate to like a banqueting table where mm-hmm. we're all there sharing together. I get that. But you know, you, you know, you hear people talk about, well, I just know that so-and-so is, you know, golfing today up in heaven or, <laughs> or doing something yeah. else. And, and I get that. we, we take what we like, that we love about mm-hmm. our lives here on the earth, and we yeah. project it on the future and on yeah. eternity. But he, Lewis says, you know, there's no way it can be like that. It, uh, you know, I just yeah. really, yeah. so, so then we're, you know, we're left with these powerful, I think, but in, in the same way, kind of mysterious uh, thoughts about, okay, so what will the, what will the afterlife uh, be like, mm-hmm. and you know the scripture tells us that we will will be with the Lord, and I know that um, you know if you're anything like me, I thought I heard that and what you said earlier that it's so hard to map to wrap our minds around the whole idea of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. everything that we experience in life has a beginning and an end. Yeah. You know. Uh, this radio program will come to an end in a little while. Uh, the church service, though, people sit through and listen yeah. to me preach. Mercifully, it'll come to an end. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything does. We have a birth and a death. But but when we think in terms of eternity, no beginning and no ending, 
it's just, I know for me, it's impossible to wrap my mind around it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I try to, and I, I get a little troubled by that. I get fearful about that. I wonder, yeah. like you, like, what are we going to do forever yeah. and ever and ever? Mm-hmm. But um, again, I think it was C.S. Lewis who, who was talking about, he likened uh, this whole thing to being like uh, somebody in utero comparing their experience to somebody who is born. You know, mm. no way. Yeah, I mean that in utero, it's it's warm. Uh, they're close to their mother. They're inside their mother, mm. and 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 then when the, there's no way you could ever explain to that person in utero what it's going to be like outside, and and what a incredible world is awaiting them outside. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty good image. I think to help me kind of extrapolate what it is, what it, what it's going to be like. Yeah. I don't think there's, I think it's like eye has not seen, ear has not heard. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we can wrap our minds around mm-hmm. what an awesome place and time it will be. You know, there's some beautiful pictures of, you know, the idea of reunion uh, yeah. with those who have gone before. That to me has become especially yeah. meaningful as, you know, I'll be 67 on my next birthday and I am, I, I joke with my wife that I know more people who are dead than who are alive. And that's probably true at this yeah. juncture of my life. And I, I'm i looking forward uh, to the hope of yeah. not only being with the Lord primarily, but also being with the saints who have gone before. Yeah. And I'm not for sure what all that will mean, yeah. but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, I go back and forth on that because they... My dad used, at every funeral, my dad would say, oh, there's a great reunion taking place today. And I think, oh, that's sweet. And then, and then there's a part of me that says, but yeah, if, if I'm with Jesus, do I really care about that anymore? Right. Or do I? And then I go all the way back again and say, well, yeah, but God made us in his image to, for relationships. Right, he did. And so those meaningful relationships, why wouldn't that be a part of the joy of heaven Right. Uh, so I'm, 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 I kind of go all the way around and back. Yeah. Uh, and I think meaningful relationships restored, because no relationship is perfect. I mean, yeah. we're great friends, yeah. but if we hung out with each other all the time, I'm sure that one, either one of us would <laughs> probably say something that would offend the other. Oh, wow. I mean, our relation, no human relationship is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And to think about um, those relationships being what God had in mind for them to be yeah. from the foundation of the universe is... Yeah. That's that's a pretty exciting prospect to me. It, it is very exciting. I must admit, my dad, he died when he was 57. I'm 61 now. That I, I kind of, it's a really odd thing to think I'm older than my dad. Right. You know, but that's, okay, when we enter into heaven, ages, I don't know, whatever. It isn't, that is not, the, the it doesn't have the relevance that it does now, right? It doesn't seem I'm to. guessing so. I've I've wondered that. Like, what age will we be? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's some aspects of how I am right now. Like I love my beard right now, so I hope mm-hmm. I have a beard in heaven. <laughs> but there are other aspects about how I feel right now. I'm thinking I'm really hoping this new body is like yeah. a really new body. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
they're, uh, yeah, they're, you know, run and not grow weary kind of a thing. Exactly. And, uh, that would be, that would be awesome. By the way, one of the universal questions, you know, uh, I have a dog, uh, I've had several dogs and pets that I love. And so you always get the question from kids, Hey, you know, will Fluffy be with me in heaven and all that kind of stuff. And I think the answer is the Bible really doesn't say. Right. Uh, but uh, here's my universal answer. See what you think of this one. Uh, you need to tell little Johnny, everything you need to be happy in heaven, completely happy, will be there. Yeah, that's amazingly close to, we must have gone <laughs> to the same school because I say something like that too. I said, yeah. if your eternal happiness is, is dependent on someone or something being there, then you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. So I agree that the Bible doesn't really tell us, although, you know, when we think about new heavens and new earth, mm -hmm. you know, God in creating this uh, realm saw fit to include all kinds of creatures. Mm -hmm. And so I do wonder what it, if we'll get to see that, you know, yeah. I, especially, I, especially since we had a dog pass away about a year ago, yeah. you know, um, it wouldn't break my heart if Bruce was there with yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I, boy, do I hear you. I uh, and as much as attached as I am to to Scout, the only dog we've ever had that really was kind of my alpha was was Strider. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know how those things work, but if it matters, it'd be it'd be cool. Right. Yeah. Okay. One last break. We'll be right back with a little shameless plug and uh, a few random thoughts here before we close. Uh, You're listening to uh, Friendly Fire with uh, today's guest, Pastor Bill Thornton on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Bill Thornton. And Pastor uh, Bill, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So I say to you, plug away. Oh. Any, anything you want to plug. All right. Well, F Street Neighborhood Church is located at 13th and F Streets, yes. and uh, we have a lot going on throughout the week. One thing I want to talk about uh, today is a ministry of prayer that we have not only at F Street, but we share with several churches. There's five churches involved all together mm. in the neighborhood where once a month we gather to pray for our neighborhood, the people who live in our neighborhood, the cares and concerns that we have in our neighborhood. And... Um, during the season of Lent, on Friday, there's there's five Friday nights between Ash Wednesday 
and leading up to Good Friday, where we're going to gather at each other's churches and we're going to pray for the neighborhood together Mm -hmm. as fellow Christians, as churches in the neighborhood. It has been really cool to see the the camaraderie, the collaboration that's taking place, a sense of helping one another in this great mission that God has given to us of bringing God's love and God's truth to our neighborhood. So Mm. really looking forward to that. It's going to be, I think, on 7 o'clock on Friday nights uh, through the season of Lent. And I just think that's pretty cool thing. And I hope that listeners, you know, whether they come and join with us, I hope other churches throughout the city of Lincoln and beyond, you know, whoever is listening to this, I hope they're engaged in this sort of thing too, because we are really better together as congregations mm. for that, Christ. That is super cool. They're, uh, I, I just love it when churches come together and, and we might disagree about a lot of things, right? but, but uh, if we agree about some core things, it uh, it binds us together. It really does. It's really sweet. Um, now, shifting gears just a little bit. Um, now, uh, your son and you and I are a part of a thing called Jacob's Well. Exactly. And uh, there are some exciting things happening with Jacob's Well. Is that is that is that? Is, is it I don't know that it's quite yet? public. I think we're going to wait until after it's official, okay. which is later today. Yeah. So here's a little teaser. Teaser that. A really Jacob's Well has been operating for almost 15 years mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a neighborhood called Capital View, and we are getting ready to launch into something that really has been something our director, Mark, our son Mark, has been dreaming about f- for that entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll give us the the opportunity, we believe, uh, to really impact the neighborhood in a way that we haven't up to this point in time. Mm-hmm. It's going to give us uh, may, uh, some access, uh, uh, we hope, uh, a better access to Lincoln High School, where there's a lot of opportunity there. We are located near there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as to others in our neighborhood. We want to we provide something that's going to really um, meet people at their point of need. Mm-hmm. And so... JacobsWellLincoln.org. I'm sure we'll be having some announcements there on the website as well as on Facebook in the days ahead. Who knows? It might be in the Lincoln Journal Star and on 1011 News. But Woo-hoo. we, uh, you heard it here first. Something be watching for something big. Yes, breaking news is just about to break. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, one of the things about Jacobs Well, um, they're. Uh, Again, one of the core principles is just being a presence in the neighborhood. Exactly, and uh, and and that it it's it's simple, but it's profound. Right, and uh, and and a part of just describe just describe what that what the goal is of having a presence in a neighborhood. Right, and how you do it. Well, I think it's being being present in the neighborhood. Uh, it's uh, being available. Uh, not being so agenda-driven that you can't be available for neighbors. We really try to be available and ready so that when people talk, want to talk, when they have a need, we're there uh, to try to respond. And that's really kind of what this new thing is really all about, mm-hmm. is that it's going to provide us uh, a place where we can actually do that, we hope, in a, in a more significant way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, very, it's a very relational kind of ministry. 
Uh, it's really, I think, what every Christian and every church ought to have as a part of their DNA is love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should we should know our neighborhoods so we should be so present and know our neighborhoods so, so well that we know exactly what the heart cry is, what mm-hmm. the need is, and how the how the gospel of Christ can meet that through physical needs, emotional kinds of needs, uh, relational needs, and ultimately, of course, to bring them the hope that we were talking about mm-hmm. in Jesus that yeah. is for now and eternity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I think about the, uh, uh, well, just getting to get to know neighbors, getting to learn names, getting to learn stories and all that kind of stuff. One of the unique things about your neighborhood is that most uh, of the houses have front porches. Right. And uh, and I must admit, I see the 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 role of of just being on the porch, being able to see people as they walk by, learn their name, learn their story. I don't think I would ever consider buying a house that didn't have a, a decent front porch. Right. Um, I mean, it's pretty crucial. Yeah, it, it really is. And one of the great things about having the weather start to warm up here mm. is that, of course, we're not out there when it's below zero. <laughs> but... Yes. Uh, but Mark was out there yesterday for about an hour, just sitting there, and it's and it's great. The neighbors are. We have a lot of pedestrian traffic in front of our house, mm-hmm. and people are out and greeting each other, and it's a wonderful time of the year when the neighborhood starts to wake up from its winter nap. So I'm mm-hmm. really hopeful that uh, we're almost through with winter, and yeah. spring isn't too far away. Yeah, got about three minutes left. Um, I want to circle back to one thing. You mentioned that at F Street Neighborhood Church, your kind of motto is a place of acceptance and direction. And I think a lot of churches think you got to be one or the other. Either right. it's, well, we're very accepting, we do whatever, and, and but or we're very directive. We, have, we know how you ought to live and how things right. ought to work. But those two things going together uh, has, has been a really, uh, well, you can, you can sense that mm-hmm. uh, in the life of the church. Right. Just tell me more about how those two things work together. Well, we have to continually remind ourselves and one another that that is what we're about. Because, as you were saying, most of us probably are one or the other. We either mm-hmm. are very welcoming and accepting, and we don't want to offend. And then there are others of us who are like really motivated by, I have truth and I need to tell it to you. Mm. And to remember that we need both of those things. Uh, When both of those things are present, it really does create a tension, not in a negative way, um, although it is challenging at times, because um, it means that I'm reaching out and embracing people who are coming from different backgrounds, uh, different life experience, different values, And at the same time, I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ can transform my life and that person's life. And so to hold on to those things is just, it's, that's, I think, one of the key challenges for our leadership is that we keep the main thing, the main thing, that we keep focused on that. Because it's real easy to either, to drift into, you know, come as you are, it doesn't matter, and, or... We, you have to think exactly like us or you're not welcome here. Mm. Navigating between those two is the sweet spot for us, and that's what we're committed to doing. Yeah. 
I mean, every, I mean, at some level, every church should be a, a place of acceptance and direction, exactly. right? Yes. <laughs> but we'd we'd prefer to just be accepted without any direction. <laughs> that's I think that's true. And that is, and our neighborhood context is we have a wide diversity of people in terms of uh, income backgrounds and the things that they've experienced in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, people who who are in law enforcement and attorneys, as well as people who have been incarcerated. <laughs> That's an example of some yeah. of the diversity that we navigate through. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it's a beautiful thing when yeah. we take the time to know each other and realize that all of us have this deep need for what Christ has for us. That is awesome. That's uh, that's the kind of church it should be. We're Amen. both police officer and offender uh, who have found Jesus can come together. Exactly. Hey, thanks for coming down today, Bill. I appreciate it. It's a real pleasure. Always enjoy hanging out with you, Stu. Always, always good. Uh, that's Pastor uh, Bill Thornton from F Street Neighborhood Church. And glad to have him here today and glad to have you along. I uh, leave you saying as I always do to think about it and talk about it. I'll see you next time.